Welcome to the C3 Church Watson Podcast. Our vision is to connect you to Jesus, develop you as a follower of Christ, and empower you to build the church. We hope you are blessed by this week's message. We are in week two of our Prayer Bricks series, and we're looking at prayer generally, but specifically we're looking at the Lord's Prayer. So we're going to look at two verses today, Matthew 6, 11 and 12, which says, Give us today the food we need, and forgive us our sins as we have forgiven those who sin against us. Father, I thank you for your word. Lord, it is your word that is true, and it is your word that is alive, and it is your word that cuts and, <clears throat> and dissects and sees and creates. And Father, I pray that today, as your word comes out of my mouth, it would achieve all that you want it to achieve in Jesus' name. Not my words, your words, God. Verse 11 says, Give us today the food we need. A short and sweet prayer that has so much meaning. Some translations say, give us today our daily bread. Today, every day, daily bread. God is not after a long distance, catch you once a year, catch you when you've got time type of relationship with us. We have friends, and I'm sure you do too, who you don't see very often, but when you see them, you're there. There's no sort of icebreaker needed. You're just in. And we, Paul and I, had some friends like that, some very good friends of ours with us on Friday night and yesterday. And you're just there. And it's awesome and I love it. But God's not after that. That's not God's desire. Well, he wants us to be there and loving it, but... He desires daily, connected, close relationships with us, where communication lines are open, where we touch base regularly throughout the day even. We don't just pray in the morning, but we touch base regularly throughout the day. On Wednesday, Paul went to his group in the morning, and I didn't see him, and then he came home and I was exercising, then he went to work, and I waved at him as he walked out the door and he rang me at 12.30 and he said, oh honey, I haven't seen you today. And we touched base because we have a close, connected relationship. And that is what God wants with us, a close, connected relationship. And that's, the, that's what this verse is reiterating. God wants us to connect with him daily. Give us today what we need, every single day. We come to God and allow him to fill us for the day ahead. This verse keeps us praying. It keeps us dependent on God every day. And then tomorrow, we come to him again and we, see, we receive what we need for that day. See, sometimes I'm not so good at leaving tomorrow in tomorrow. Anyone else? I'm tempted to look ahead and see all the things that are coming up and if I'm not careful, I can get overwhelmed and start to feel a little anxious about the things that are coming or the things that I need to do or the things that I get to be a part of. We have Pastor Phil and Chris Pringle coming in two weeks here into the building. Tiny bit stressful. Tiny bit. 
they're the global leaders of our movement, if you don't know who they are. I'm sure you do, but... Matthew 6.34 says, So don't worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will bring its own worries. Who likes that prophecy? <laughs> today's trouble is enough for today. Today's trouble is enough for today, guys. So don't live out there. This, this, this beautiful passage of Scripture is saying... All we need for today, we can get from God today, as we come to him today. Today's troubles are enough. That issue is my future problem, and it doesn't mean that I put my head in the sand about things, but it does mean that I'm not supposed to look ahead and, and get anxious about things. Plan ahead, but don't be anxious ahead. It also dismantles that thinking that once I've done that or finished that, or sorted that, then I'll be happy. Once I've finished my degree, then I'll be happy. Once I've found that partner, then I'll be happy. Once I've had that child, then I'll be happy. No, you won't. Once I fall pregnant, because you won't sleep for five years, okay? So that, that's, that's what happens. It's not quite that bad. But some of you are saying, yes, it is. I know, I can, it's inside you. It's, anyway. Kids are absolutely wonderful. They really are. They're just a lot of work. I can get everything I need from God today, and then despite what's going on, I can enjoy what I have today. Even with the disappointments and the loose ends and the deadlines and the difficult circumstances, because I'm getting God's strength for what I'm facing today. That's what Give Us Today This Daily Bread is about. Bread is a metaphor for several things here. And bread is great. Who doesn't love bread? Anyone? Bread is good. It really is. Let's look at what bread is a metaphor for. Bread is a metaphor for our needs. Not just our physical needs, but our emotional and our spiritual needs too. The first place we go to have our needs met is God. He brings provision. In the wilderness, all those years ago, when, the, when God's kids were walking through the wilderness for 40 years, God provided manna every morning for 40 years. Their clothes and their shoes didn't wear out. <clears throat> now, you might think that's great, but I don't. Because I would have got up one morning and said, God, do you have it in blue? <laughs> you know, my clothes, and my shoes. Let's not get started on shoes. But seriously, God provided for his kids and he wants to provide for us. When we went to, when we, uh, went to Bible college in 1988, we had the cash to pay for Paul's um, fees. That's what they are, fees. But we didn't have the cash to pay for my fees. And we asked God to provide our needs. And guess what happened? Someone sent us a check for my fees for Bible college. God's pretty good at all that stuff. Bread. Bread is a metaphor for our needs and it's a metaphor for Jesus. John 6, 32 to 33 says this. Jesus said, I tell you the truth. Moses didn't give you bread from heaven. My father did. And now he offers you the true bread from heaven. The true bread of God is the one who comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. 
In the wilderness, when God gave Israel bread from heaven, they called it manna. And manna basically means, what is it? What is it? The people saw that stuff on the ground and they asked, what is it? And for a few thousand years, there was no answer to that question. What is it? It, it was, well, it was just some kind of bread. And then Jesus came to Israel. He came and he both answered the question and he is himself the answer to the question. Jesus is manna. Jesus is the bread from heaven. And he gives sustenance to us. That's what this verse is saying. He is what we need each day. He gives life. So not only are we being encouraged in the Lord's Prayer to come to God daily and ask him to provide what we need each day, Jesus is saying part of that provision is me. Part of the provision is Jesus. Every single day of our life, will you invite me in to every situation? Will you lead me? Will you allow me to lead you in every circumstance? Will you follow my leading each day? A couple of weeks ago, I was standing here. Actually, it was two weeks in a row. And I felt the Holy Spirit say something. And I said it and I prayed it. And it was actually for a specific person who was in the room. And I didn't actually say it to them at the time. And it happened two weeks in a row. And on the Sunday afternoon... I felt the Holy Spirit say to me, I'm talking about let, doing what God says, letting him lead you. Give us today our daily bread. He is, he is. And I went, yeah, yeah, I'll get to that. Sure, yep, I'll do it. Monday, yep, yep, I hear you, Holy Spirit. Tuesday, yep, no problem. Wednesday. And it got to the point where I, <laughs> I couldn't actually do anything else. I just, it was like, God was like, and so I picked up my phone and I texted this person all of these things. And I didn't hear anything else. And I said to Paul, when he got home, I said, I told him the story. And I said, oh, it must have just been wrong. And then at about nine o'clock that night, I had got this text from this person who said, they said, I have read this text, I don't know how many times today that you sent me. And every time I've just cried and cried and cried. You don't understand that. Anyway, they, they went on and told me and then they spoke to me last week at church and explained to me what was going on in their world. You know, Jesus knows what he's talking about. He really does. And when he says that he is the... When the Bible says he's the bread, our daily bread, it's, it's him. It's following his leading. Will we do that? Verse 12 says, And forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. There's a lot of depth, meaning and instruction in this little verse too. Who loves this little verse? Good on you, whoever said yep. Firstly, every day we are probably going to blow it in some way and need to ask forgiveness. You and I will. Someone sent me a letter, a text the other day and God had been on me to text them. I tell you all of my terrible things that I do. I do sometimes do good things as well. Sometimes. And I had to say, oh, gosh, I'm so sorry. 
I really have been meaning to contact you. Secondly, every day someone is probably going to do something that we can choose to overlook and forgive them for or take offence at. Because you will have heard people say offence is taken, not given. I will offend, but not deliberately. I don't go around wanting to offend anybody. And it's interesting that when offence is taken, someone can... I can watch something unfold and, have the two, and see what happens with two people and one of them will tell me what happened and because they've taken offence, the way that they tell it to me, I'll think, that is not what happened at all. But because they've taken offence, they see it very differently. Offence is so dangerous. And thirdly, if we don't extend forgiveness to others, we become the blockage for us receiving forgiveness ourselves. That's pretty full on, isn't it? And it feels a little uncomfortable. Because forgiveness is not easy. Because sometimes I really would like to stay hurt or mad or upset. I don't know if anyone else does, but sometimes I do. Sometimes we might want to hold on to it and keep going over it and, and reigniting it and playing it over and over again in our mind and reminding ourselves of how horrible they are. Or why, why, should, why should I forgive them? Why should, why should I let it go? We should let it go and we should forgive them because if we don't, we will never truly be free. And there's this powerful story in Matthew 18 about forgiveness and it's about someone who had this huge debt forgiven. It was like millions of dollars. And the man who had the debt, he begged the king for mercy. And the, the king looked at him and he said, okay, I am going to wipe that debt out. But then the guy who had received the mercy, he turned around and refused to extend the same mercy to someone who owed him a much, much smaller debt. And the message here is that this is what God does for us. We owed a debt we could not pay. A debt that was destroying our life. And when the devil accused us, because that's what he does, because he is the accuser of the brethren, and he... He said to God, look what they did. God reached out his hand and he gave us mercy and he gave us grace and he covered us. And he looked at us and everything that we'd ever done wrong, big and small, and he loved us beyond it and, beyond it and he washed it all away. Every single person needs his mercy. So why is it? that the forgiven can find it so hard to forgive. How could we, I'm talking to myself, receive such over-the-top mercy and grace and then not extend it to those around us? Where it really counts, sometimes we have difficulty giving grace and mercy. Where it really counts, sometimes we find it hard to, to let go of things as if we have the right to stay offended. I don't want to let it go because they have to pay. 
I remember putting my hand on the head of a girl, a young woman, once. I wasn't even, I had no idea what I was going to pray for. She just came out on an altar call. We had nothing to do with forgiveness. I put my hand on her head and she started yelling, I will not forgive him, I will not forgive him, I will not forgive him, I will not forgive him. The man in this story received a pardon for a debt of millions of dollars, but when he met someone who owed him much less, the Bible says he took this man by the throat and started choking him. And that's what unforgiveness can be, a a choking of the soul. It will cause us to hold on to things that we should be able to let go of. And everything is affected when we don't let go. Because if we carry unforgiveness in our hearts, it's like we are choking. Because we, we stop fully living. We might get up each day and live each day and go through the motions, but we've stopped fully breathing because there is this unforgiveness there. Unforgiveness stops us from being the person that we're created to be. And we can become cynical, jaded, bitter. I don't want to live like that. None of us want to live like that. We might not call it that. We might call it careful. I'm just, I'm just careful. Maybe you're here today and you've let something get in the way of the system that God has put into place for things to be able to flow in your life. And if you let it go, you'll be free. You'll be able to breathe. You'll be able to live fully engaged with the people in your life. About 20 years ago, Paul was running Emmaus. I was running church. Life was busy. Our kids were in primary school, high school. And a situation happened. And, you know, some, you know, some things you just go, you just forgive. It's easier to forgive. There are some things it's very difficult to forgive. Anyone? And this, there was a person who was a part of both of those communities, the school and the church. And they came to talk to me about an issue that they were facing. And they told, and as they were talking, like these days, I would have stopped them. But I was young, naive. Anyway, they started talking to me about some things. And the spirit behind what they were saying was evil. And it was sent to destroy. And... Thankfully, what the devil meant for evil, God turns to good. And we're all still standing. Hallelujah. But I took 
what was said. I tried to help this person. But it was very evil in nature, what they told me. And I didn't know what to do with it. And I isolated myself. And I shrunk my life. And I found it hard to live my life and interact with others and fully function and fully breathe. And finally, a friend said to me, thank you God for friends, said, Mel, what on earth is wrong? I thought I had to protect this person. They said, what on earth is wrong? I told them. They said, thank you, Jesus, for this friend. They said, right, you need to, they helped me get through it. First thing I had to do was tell my wonderful husband, who was totally clueless about, he was carefree living and enjoying life. But it was actually something that wanted to, to come against our marriage. There are some things that are more important than a school and a church, and that's a marriage. And so I had to continue to live in this community that we were a part of, these both communities that we were a part of, with all of this going on. And I can tell you right now, even though I will not and cannot tell you the details, that it was incredibly hard for me to function. And I did not want to forgive this person, but it was the only way to be free. It was the only way. And you might be sitting here today and had something absolutely terrible happen in your life. And I am so sorry that that has happened. But I want to promise you that the only way to be truly free is to forgive, is to do what this verse says, to take the mercy and grace that I have received and to extend it to take the mercy and grace that you have received and to extend it. You don't have to trust them. You don't have to be best friends with them. But you do have to forgive them. Jesus on the cross said, Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. And they hadn't even asked for forgiveness. We hadn't even asked for forgiveness. They may not ever ask you to forgive them. But you can still do that. It's hard, especially if you're justified in your anger. But if we've been forgiven, we forgive. Now... What I want to do is give a moment give a moment Thank you God Because I'm aware that there are some things that we walk through that are very difficult. 
very difficult. And God is not blind. He sees everything that happens. And he wants so much. He wants to bring his healing power into your life. But maybe you just have to say, God, I don't know how, but I'm willing. I'm willing to forgive. I had to keep saying that every day. I forgive. I choose to forgive. I choose to forgive. If that's you this morning, I know that not everyone in this room or online is struggling with unforgiveness, but some of us are. to give you an opportunity just right now with the Lord. Just say, God, help me. Help me. God, help me with this thing. I don't want it to have power over me anymore. God, I pray, Lord, right now in this place and with anyone who is with us online, who is struggling with unforgiveness, God, I pray, Lord, that you would help them to hand this situation over to you. That you would take the power and the pain, Father, I pray. That you would help them to let it go and to trust it into your hands. Thanks for listening. We hope to see you in church again this weekend. To find out more about our church, find us online at c 3 churchwatson.com.